This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Take a trip with me to Amity Island where something is lurking under the surface of the water. That's right, we're talking about Jaws. But take a bite out of this. There's a new pinball machine based on the movie. Illinois-based Stern Pinball, one of the last modern machine manufacturers in the world, released it this month. And did you know that Chicagoland has a long history with pinball? We'll sink our teeth into that and more. Here to discuss is Zach Sharp, who's marketing director of Stern Pinball. Welcome, Zach. Thank you for having me. And also joining us in studio is Moses Gibson. He's a co-founder of the Horror House Shop and a fan of the movie Jaws. Hey, Moses. How's it going? Good to see you. Zach, why release this Jaws pinball machine now? Why not? I mean, everyone <laughs> loves sharks. How did I know you would say that? <laughs> well, I am in marketing, so... Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, did you say everyone loves sharks. Everyone loves sharks and everyone loves pinball. So why not marry the two okay. into, you know, a fun new experience? Yeah. Well, how would you characterize the, the current landscape for horror, Moses? And, and how does Jaws then fit into that? Well, Jaws is like the quintessential shark movie. We've seen so many. We we're just in the lobby talking about like the, the newest ones were the, the Meg and the Meg 2, I oh, guess, was the newest one. Yeah, I saw one. those. Um, but, uh, but like Jaws is the quintessential shark. It's the first to, to put it out there and the best to do it, in all honesty. I mean, we all... What are, makes you say that? Well, okay, so Steven Spielberg was able to do something very unique with that movie in the sense that less is indeed more. I feel like these days you see a lot of very grandiose visuals, but the storytelling is lackluster, whereas back then, you know, practical effects and stuff, you know, special effects aren't the same as, as they are today with what they're able to do. Mm -hmm. And they were able to achieve something that like is still gripping. You can watch that today. You can show that to children today and it's still scary. It is. I, I watched it to prepare for this conversation, yeah. re to refresh my memory and prepare for this conversation. It's your with imagination. You, too. you don't even. And see I was the actually chart. still, you know, still, still kind of terrified in certain scenes. I mean, this movie was released in 1975. Can you believe it? It's been nearly 50 years, uh, and, and it was, you know, one of the first summer, big summer blockbusters. Yep. What do you think, Zach? What makes it a classic for you? I mean, I think Moses said it perfectly, you know, less is more and it's timeless for a reason where it doesn't matter if it was in the 70s or even if it came out today because it's your imagination, it's that tension, it's the characters. Mm -hmm. That never goes away, that storytelling. So, yeah. you know, when you see the shark for the first time, really, I mean, I think it's almost like an hour into the movie. I mean, you really don't even see the shark. It's more of that unsettling feeling and tension that something is ominous it's all about the music too yep <laughs> that score is the score jesus timeless yeah and well, it's in the game too naturally. it's in the game too okay well let's talk about that so the the jaws pinball machine it's very intricate zach and I, I want our listeners to be able to picture it as well so just go ahead and describe it for us sure so i mean a pinball machine it takes a village to build i mean there's 3500 parts in every single pinball machine there's about a quarter mile of wire and with Jaws, I mean, it is really a world under glass. There's Did you say 3,500 parts? 3,500 parts. Wow. In one pinball machine. That's a lot. It's all the lighting, the 
coils, the flippers, you name it. And with Jaws, I mean, it is really a world under glass. Um, we've got a chum bucket, so when you hit this chum bucket, you're putting blood in the water. So there's like this cool lighting effect oh my where you're going to try to lure the shark out, and a shark fin will pop up and swim across the play field. And it actually looks it, like blood coming out? It looks like blood's kind of floating in the water. Would you then, use like LED lights? Yep, or? LED lighting, really? water effects. Yeah, so it's like shimmering water, but when you hit the chum bucket, it turns red, and then you lure the shark out, which is a pop, like a drop target that pops up and swims across. It's tough to... It's something to be seen versus yes. heard, but I'll do my best to, yeah. to explain it. No, that that was a pretty good job. <laughs> I know you're a pinball fan as well, Moses. I mean, hearing that description, what's exciting you the most? Well, I'm geeked just off rip when you said that. <laughs> There's the a Josh pinball bucket? game. Well, first of all, yeah, the, the, the pinball, it, it, it's a shame that it took this long for, for that to release. But uh, but you describing, like, the, the change when you hit the chum bucket and the the water now does it have the part where like the with the with the tanker does it have the tanker like like the the explosion part you know well i mean there's practical effects what you could do in a pinball machine but we do have um the barrels in there there's so there's like a par uh, a barrel pop bumper and then we've got ben gardner's boat fishing boat where if you hit it uh, a shark will pop out from underneath the boat and you bash wow. the shark to battle different shark encounters and then we've got an orca boat upper play field. Mm -hmm. So it's like in the upper left corner where it's kind of unique ball paths and everything. So, I mean, you are truly immersed in this kind of Jaws universe. Yeah, I, I mean, this, as Moses pointed out, this is the shark movie of all shark movies, yeah. right? How did Stern approach designing the animal itself? Yeah, so every game team is different with their philosophy of how they want to incorporate it. And the lead designer for Jaws, his name is Keith Elwin. Mm -hmm. He's done a lot of our, you know, biggest games today. We did Godzilla, Jurassic Park. So you can kind of say his team is kind of the monster makers. And with Jaws, you know, he's a huge fan. Our director of licensing, Jody Dankberg, he is a humongous fan. And this was just something that we've kept our eye on mm -hmm. and worked directly with Universal and Amblin to get the rights, obviously. Yeah. And um, what's really cool is we have custom speech from Richard Dreyfus, who plays Hooper. So there is custom pinball callouts from Richard Dreyfus in this Jaws Let's pinball machine. Let's get immediate reaction from Moses, who's just <laughs> whose face just <laughs> lit up when you said that. I have well, to save some stuff, you know, from the lobby discussion, but <laughs> yeah, no, because like, let's be serious. First of all, Hooper, he's he's the realist. He he had to go into the cage. Like yeah. that's this that's one of the scariest parts is that you just watch this giant shark tear apart this supposedly shark-proof cage. So much for that, but uh, <laughs> like. I, and it's crazy because, like, in, you know, there's, like, the sequels two and three. And shout out to Richard Dreyfus because he was only in the first one. But, um, I mean, I, I think... And Quint, kind of, Yeah, right. R.I.P. Quint. But, yeah, uh, like, that character is probably, like, one of the most beloved just in general, like, yeah. in horror, period. And, um, and I love... So did he record those voice lines, like, new... Yep, oh, brand man. new so studio good. session, oh headlines, you know, jackpot, different pinball-centric awesome. call-outs. So. What was the biggest challenge uh, of translating Jaws into a pinball machine? Um, I would say, I mean, if you were going to take the first movie at its core, that's kind of a defined linear storytelling. Like, there's a beginning, middle, and end. And with pinball, 
trying to translate a universe to a pinball experience because you don't want it to be repetitive and mm -hmm. linear with exactly what you're doing. So there's kind of elements of you're telling the story and you have key scenes and moments. Yeah. But you're also just kind of incorporating this world under glass. Right. So, I mean, if you think about like a theme park, you know, to use like Harry Potter, for instance, it's like, mm -hmm. well, you're not going into the theme park. And it's like, all right, well, we're in book one now. And now we're going to book two and seven. It's That's like, true. you're kind of in this world. It's an overall in, experience. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a feel of what you're trying to accomplish. How does that compare when you're adapting other movies then into pinball? Yeah. I mean, every licensor that we work with is different. So with Jaws, we, we got all of the assets. So all the video clips, audio from the movies, and we actually have more than just the first movie, we've got um, the first four. So we have like a nice fun oh, nice. Uh, video mode in there that's based off of the game Shark Hunter, which is in the movie. So like Jaws 3D, you can actually put on 3D glasses and do a video oh, mode so cool. in the pinball machine, which is kind of cool. Very cool. Uh, these Jaws themed machines, they cost thousands of dollars. Yes. Starting at nearly $7,000 and then almost 13,000 for the limited edition. How many of them are you making? Well, the limited edition is a thousand and that's it. So it's capped. And then pro and premium, we build to demand. So we'll be building these for years. So are, are they for collectors or could we start to see these in public at a bar or arcade? All of the above. So really? in fact, I mean, Logan Arcade, which is kind of local, they've got a pro and a premium model today. So if you're listening, go to, you know, Logan Arcade or interim and schaumburg they've got the machines there so we're building and shipping them all over the yeah. world right now so uh, one of the things Moses, is, is that uh, you can play as different characters for the film talk about how you feel about the characters in jaws and, and what makes them so special okay so back to the storytelling aspect of why i love this movie and what makes it so timeless it's really a story about these well really it starts with the sheriff and um, and and it's really just this these group of guys this this ragtag it's you know Hooper, uh, the Captain Quint and, uh, and and the sheriff and and they're like hey they're trying to get the sh the, the mayor to realize that hey, there's this really big problem, <laughs> and the mayor is like um, this sounds like trouble for the tourism so we're just gonna kind of write this off yeah. And the thing is, you know, at, at first glance, you know, when I'm when I'm a kid, I'm like, okay, clearly, obviously, Big Bad is the shark. But as you get older and you start to look at the storytelling for what it really is, the the real villain is is the mayor because he 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 went and just completely ignored this very large problem. I, I forgot what the what the kill count in that movie is, but you know, the the thing is, Zach this, probably knows. Actually, I don't. <laughs> <Kidding>. <laughs> But, you know, it's th this problem could have been avoided if it wasn't for trying to sweep it under the rug. You yeah. know, them, them trying to uh, write it. Oh, oh, we caught this. We, we hit this tiger shark. It was the tiger shark. Yeah. Then Richard uh, Dreyfus's character, Hooper, he does he, he does the autopsy. He's like, there's no human remains in this thing. Mm. Like this. We're telling you this is a great white shark. And it's. It, it wants to eat. It has it, it, it's eaten people before it has a taste for human blood. So some good writing here. Clearly, oh, absolutely. In, in your opinion. Uh, pinball used to be illegal, Zach. Yeah. Uh, it used to be considered gambling. I hear your dad uh, create, is actually credited for saving the game? Yes. What? <laughs> 
I'll try to give the short answer. Yeah, give us the quick version. Um, so pinball used to pay out money back in the day, so it kind of had the stigma of being a gambling device, no skill. So it was illegal from the 30s to the 70s. And my dad became known as kind of a decent player, and he testified in New York to prove it was a game of skill. So kind of like Babe Ruth calling his shots, mm-hmm. he proved it was skill, and they overturned it. So he helped wow. with legislation changes in all of the, like the major metropolitan cities. So ironically, games were being built in Chicago, but couldn't be operated because they were illegal. Ah. So yeah, tell the- us more about that sh- that Chicagoland connection to the pinball industry. Yeah, kind of like Detroit with automobiles, Chicago has just always been synonymous with pinball manufacturing. And I think the location of where parts can kind of come in, um, it's just a, a natural hub with you know transportation and getting parts in. So wow. Chicago has just always been kind of at the forefront of pinball Dude, manufacturing. Dad's a pinball hero. He is, yeah. I mean, there was a Drunk History episode on Comedy Central. There's a movie, not to take away from Jaws, but Pinball, the man who saved the game. You can watch it on Hulu, Apple TV. It's the story of how really? he saved Pinball and met my mom. Incredible. So. Had you heard the story before, Moses? Only uh, upon talking to him when I came in. Did he, uh, <laughs> so have today, you were today yeah. years old when you learned yeah. <laughs> about this. I mean, as a Pinball fan <laughs> yourself, what do you think about the overall culture here? Well, I love pinball because it is, it's a community in and of itself that connects other communities because there are so many, as he was talking about, all these different licensed pinball machines. Um, whether you're a fan of, you know, say like the Aerosmith, you know, pinball machine because you love Aerosmith, you mm-hmm. know, it's music, uh, film, all kind of different culture, comic books. And it allows all of these different communities to kind of come together for the sake of this one game yeah and uh and especially for horror you know of course i always have to have to rep horror and and i love to see any time that there's a there's representation um outside of just the film yeah and um and 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 it's wonderful especially knowing you know that that's at the the logan arcade that's not too far from uh from where where our right. shop is at yeah um, perfect location yep. zach how how can the the more casual fan uh, of pinballs still connect to the game you know maybe they're not a huge fan of jaws mm-hmm. what would you say i mean if you go to sternpinball.com i mean we're all things pinball so you know if people search out i mean you can find pinball pretty much anywhere and i'll always just say everyone loves everyone loves pinball they might not know it yet and I like to say it's the universal language of fun. You don't even have to share the same language. You understand the silver ball. You're defying gravity. Gravity always wins, mm-hmm. but it's kind of what you make up in those moments, and you have fun. I mean, you're transported to a world under glass, whether it's Jaws, Stranger Things, all these themes that we work on. Yeah. You're getting transported into these universes, and I it's it. that tactile feel that can't be replicated. Zach Sharp is from Stern Pinball, and Moses Gibson is from the Horror House Shop. Thank you both so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it.